Hello and welcome to the Pulpiteer Podcast, an audio online ministry of Pastor Andy Kroll and St. John's Pilgrim United Methodist Church. You can visit us online at pilgrimumchurch.com or you can visit my blog at thepulpiteer.com for more sermons and writings. Matthew 16, verses 13 to 20. Now when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they said, some say John the Baptist, but others Elijah, and still others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. He said to them, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, For flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father in heaven. I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church. The gates of Hades will not prevail against it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Then he sternly ordered the disciples not to tell anyone that he was the Messiah. Would you bow your heads with me, please? Gracious God, Heavenly Father, I pray that the words in my mouth and meditations of my heart would be an acceptable sacrifice to you, O Lord, our Rock and our Redeemer. Amen. So we've spent time um, in in celebration and singing today uh, just to to sing a lot of these Christmas carols and to be able to do that in our service today and have a little bit of a different time of worship. But one of the reasons we do that, there's a bunch of wonderful um, Christmas hymns and Christmas carols, and uh, it's they're all proclaiming a message, and sometimes it's nice to kind of think about, spend a little bit of time thinking about what they're proclaiming. And so I wanted to do that uh, this morning with the uh, Christmas hymn, What Child Is This? And so we'll kind of look at what child is this. We begin with um, the first verse or stanza one with what child is this? It begins with the central question, who is this? What child is this who's laid to rest on Mary's lap is sleeping? Whom angels greet with anthems sweet while shepherds watch are keeping. And it begins right away with uh, what child is this? But notice it begins by asking what child is this and by noting the people who are involved in this. The angels are there. Angels um, showing up is, is showing that there's, there's some sort of a heavenly power. There's something big going on. There's a huge deal happening here. Angels at the birth of a child, an unusual thing, right? And they're proclaiming um, the glory to God and all of this stuff. And then you would expect then, if angels are here and God's involved, it's a big thing, like this is a big, very important person that is being born. If it's a very important person that's being born, you would expect important earthly people to be there, like representatives of the Roman government, like representatives from the uh, Jewish leadership and the religious leadership, like very important other folks to be there. But it's a really strange thing because you have angels, you know, messengers of God proclaiming the glory of God that are around the birth of Christ. But then no, like, earthly important people. Instead, they have shepherds who are kind of sketchy people that nobody trusted. And they're the ones who are connected to it as well. And so then you have to ask, what is going on here? Who is this? Just who is this baby that has this bizarre mixture of of people attending his birth. Who is this? And that's actually why I read um, from Matthew 16 this morning with this uh, famous encounter uh, with with Jesus and and the disciples where Jesus says, you know, who do people say that I am? And then uh, after Peter answers, 
Jesus turns to him and says, but who do you say that I am? And that really is the central question for all of us. And this, uh, this hymn gets right to it. Like, what child is this? Who is this? Jesus turns to Peter and says, who do you say that I am? Really for all of us, this is the question that all of us must answer, really at the end of the day. Who do you say that I am? Who is this Jesus? Who is this Jesus? Because if he really is the Son of God, who died for our sins and rose to give us eternal life, like if that is who he really is, then it matters. And, and we need to follow him and place our faith in him. And if he's not, then it doesn't matter. Like, who, who is this? It really matters. This is a central question to our lives. And uh, this Christmas hymn just begins with that wonder of like, okay, who is this? Who is this um, where you have these different things going on? What child is this? that we have here. And then it continues in, in the second stanza. Oh, then, I'm sorry. It answers it at the end of the first, with this first refrain. This, this is Christ the King whom shepherds guard and angels sing. And so it just begins with this answer. So this is, who is this child? What is this child? This is Christ the King. But then it gets uh, more confusing, <clears throat> I think, in the second stanza here where it gets into why lies he in such mean a state? So why is he in, it's saying he's in this really humble place. He's, in a manger, why lies he in such mean a state where ox and ass are feeding? So he's with barnyard animals. Why is, if he really is, if this, this is Christ the King, whom shepherds guard and angels sing, like if this really is Christ the King and angels have announced his birth, why is he here? What's he doing in this place? It seems like if a very important king, the son of God, was born, that he'd be born in a palace or, or that sort of thing. But it's interesting, we, we start to see the answer just in verse 2 here. Um, Good Christians fear for sinners here, the silent word is pleading. What this actually reminds me of is, is Philippians 2, where it just talks about Christ, <clears throat> have the same mind in you as it was, was in Christ Jesus, who didn't consider equality with God as something to be grasped, but instead you know, he came down from heaven. He set aside uh, uh, you know, this power and, and came down to earth. And, and here we have him like descending into the muck and mire of what it, 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 he came into this low estate, but he came into this low estate, this humble beginnings, because he came to be with all of us in whatever lowness in life any of us have. And, and you get this, um, for sinners here, the silent word is pleading. And so you get this picture of Jesus coming down into the, the whatever dirt or filth that you've experienced or whatever dirt or filth is, is a part of just life for people and pleading for us sinners. Whatever mess we've gotten ourselves into with our own sin and brokenness and whatever it is, here's Jesus coming down into the midst of that and pleading for us. Um, and then uh, as I was uh, looking into the song and, and stuff like that, I, I found that there is a different refrain for the second verse did anybody notice that? Because I've always sung this in the United Methodist hymnal, so the way I've always sung it in, in the past, we do the second verse, and then we go back to, this, this is Christ the King, who shall, right? Is anyone aware that there's another refrain for that? You guys were here the first service, you should be, anyway. So check this out. There's, there's a second refrain for this, and It's beautiful. This nail spear shall pierce him through the cross be born for me, for you. Hail, hail the word made flesh, the babe, the son of Mary. 
Isn't that cool? And you see what it's done now. Is it's taken the birth of Christ and said, you know, this is connected to what he is to do for us. Like to save us sinners. To save us sinners, it involves the nails, the spear that will pierce him through. Like already the cross is on the horizon. Because what it means for Jesus to come down into such a humble estate. For Jesus to come down to meet us where we're at. For the, the, the Lord of heaven and earth to come down to us. What that means is, is for him to save us, he needs to face even death itself. And to pay for our sins involved crucifixion. And already in this, um, in this little Christmas hymn, you get that is brought up. Um, in Matthew chapter 1, verse 22, you are to name him Jesus, the angel said, for he will save his people from their sins. Already, like this is, this is his purpose. You are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So, well, by the time we get to the third verse, um, we've begun with the question of what child is this? We've wrestled with this, you know, who do you say that I am kind of thing. So we find out that this is Christ the King. What child is this is Christ the King. And then why was he born in this situation? And we find out because he's come to save us, to pay this ultimate price for us. I think the only kind of logical next step you have is like, oh my goodness, I want to praise him and I want to give him for myself. And so the third verse, and I know it picks up the the gift of the Magi, but really what it is is it's kind of an invitation for all of us um, to go into worship and adoration of Christ. Who is this? This is the Son of God. Why is he born in this low place? To save us. Well then, so bring him incense, gold, gold and myrrh, come present king to own him. The king of kings salvation brings, that loving hearts enthrone him. And one of the really cool things is at the end of, as we're getting to the end of this uh, verse, is it's in praise of, of Christ then it gives us an invitation let that enthrone Jesus in your heart. So again, we begin with, who is this? This is the Son of God. Why is he in this low place? To save us. Oh my gosh, I want to praise him. And then the invitation, well then, let him reign in your heart. Let him reign in your heart. I went through this. I know it's a short message. Um, but I went through this because, you know, we... We know, the, we know the stories, right? We know, maybe we know the gospel message and we've heard it a lot, but sometimes poetry and, and music can bring it home in a, in a different way and, and make us and help us to hear the story in a new way, in a way that just causes our hearts to sing. And this beautiful Christmas hymn tells the story of our faith and it invites us at the end of the day to enthrone Christ in our hearts. And um, hopefully that's what we can all do. You know, that we can hear this and we can praise Christ and then, um, and then we can be a people um, for whom Christ reigns in our hearts and our lives. In the name of the Father and Son and Holy Spirit. Amen.